This show is a listener-supported podcast. Listeners like Sebastian Koch, who has the honor of being the very first Let Me Listen Patreon patron. Thanks, Sebastian. If you would like to contribute as little as $1 a month to help fund this podcast, please visit our website at www.lemmelistenpodcast.com and click on the Patreon logo. If you can't, or just don't want to, no biggie. Covered in guts, Harding! And I am Steve screaming all the time, Shives. I couldn't That's think of your anything. Scariest voice is matronly British woman? Hello! Matronly British women are <laughs> freaky. They are scary and off putting. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. This is the show where we take a classic film and we make fun of it, whether we like that film or not. And then we did, then us too, me and Steve, are arbiters. And in this Halloween, special Halloween episode, we're either going to sentence the movie to death or we're going to give it eternal life. Both of those are pretty spooky, huh? Right, Steve? Yeah, who wants to live forever? For first-time listeners, maybe you should go back a couple of episodes to catch what we actually do on the show, because at this point you're like, oh god, I found two psychopaths. Oh no. <laughs> do they do this every week? Basically, we take a classic film and we take a, a look at it with fresh eyes, and we determine whether or not that film is deserving of its reputation of either being extraordinarily good or extraordinarily bad. And this week, we're going to take a look at that classic film that uh, really has a lot to say about how detrimental it is when you allow immigrants to buy property in your country. That movie, I don't endorse that view. Oh, please don't turn the podcast off. I don't endorse it. It was just a joke. <laughs> the movie we're going to be talking about. Hey, Donald Trump just re retweeted us. <laughs> I like these men. They're very smart. This is why their podcast is number one. <laughs> Can I get around to telling people what the sorry, film Sorry, I'm sorry. This week's film is Steve's Idea. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> the movie we're going we're gonna to talk about is Dracula. Oh, wait, you mean that, that hip Dracula from 1980 with uh, Frank Langella? Nope. <laughs> uh -uh. Oh, you, you mean that, that reimagining of Dracula from Francis Ford Coppola that had Gary Oldman? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about one of those good Christopher Lee ones where he's all evil and bloody, he's got bloodshot eyes, and it's kind of campy and a little bit gross? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Steve are stepping into the time machine... <laughs> And going back to the stupid ages to watch, to, to review, 1931 Bela Lugosi classic, Dracula. It's the Blair Dracula. <laughs> he never does that. No, he never does that. It's, it's like when people do, do James Cagney impressions and they say stuff that James Cagney never actually said. Oh, you mean like, uh, hey, mugs? No, that's yeah. not... <laughs> 
It's Paul Muni. I, I like wearing dresses. Is that one of them? <laughs> I'm James Cagney. Hey, what'd you think I meant by Yankee Doodle Dandy? It means I like anyway. sleeping with guys. One of them <laughs> things. <laughs> no. Anyway, let's do the rundown of the stuff with the people who made it and stuff. Right, Steve? We're, that's I would we love do. it. Yes. Okay, special spooky credits list. <laughs> it was supposedly directed by Todd Browning. But according to everything that I've ever read about Dracula, <laughs> Todd Browning kind of directed it and then walked away. He was gone a lot. And that fell to our friend, because we're both fans of his, mm-hmm. Carl Freund. Absolutely. The master of German expressionism, someone who we talked about during our Metropolis uh, review, is uncredited as a director because apparently he, he stepped in and just did a lot of the directing. It was produced by Todd Browning and Carl Lemmy? Lemmy. L-A-E-M-M. Lemmy. 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 Carl Lemley Jr. <laughs> Screenplay by Garrett Fort. It's based on Dracula, the novel by Bram Stoker. Um, and also the play, uh, this is more of an adaptation of the, the Broadway play um, by Hamilton Dean and John L. Balderston. And it stars Bella Lugosi, Helen Chandler, David Manners, Dwight Fry, and Edward Van Sloan. Cinematography, and boy, you can tell, by Carl Freund. Um, edited by Milton Carruth, and I'm going to say this now, you're a bad editor, Milton. You're bad. <laughs> you're a bad, bad editor. We'll discuss it later, Milton, yeah. but go in the corner, because I don't care if you're alive or not. Probably not. Oh, and also, Morris Pivar, yeah, I caught you editing Dracula with Milton. You go in the corner, too. I'm calling your parents. They're going to come and pick you up. You did horrible things in this movie. Distributed by Universal Pictures. And by the way, just in case it wasn't written here, they remind you at the end of the movie, at the very end of the movie where it shows the Universal logo, and it says in the corner, it's a Universal Picture. (laughs) (laughs) I love old movies like that. That's so great. It's like, oh, wait, I was watching a Universal Picture? (laughs) Um, so enthusiastic. It was released um, on February 14th, 1931. Isn't that Valentine's Day? It's very romantic. Take your ah, take your take... significant other to see Dracula. Yeah. yeah. Uh, running time, 85 minutes. That's the original running time, however. There was a couple of things that were cut off of it. Uh, one of them is like this lost piece that they ran with Dracula um, in which a psychologist came out and said, It's okay. Um it, it's all right. None of the, none of this stuff was real. Um, calm, calm down, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We're assuming you're really, really ignorant, superstitious people. <laughs> it's all make believe. Um, so it, the running time was shortened just a little bit, um, and the budget was three hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars. And I don't have a real estimate on how much it made on its original release, but I hear it was somewhere around seven hundred thousand. Um, so it made its money back, and Universal mm-hmm. was very happy. It was very happy. So, Steve, are you ready to enter into gothic horror Ooh. and terror and and possums and armadillos? <laughs> yes, we'll explain that later. <laughs> if 
if you think you can find a driver brave enough to take us to Borgo Pass. Because <laughs> they're all pretty chicken about it, from what Sounds I understand. Sounds like a 1950s song. My boyfriend died at Borgo's Pass. <laughs> okay, you start. You start it. You you got us into this. You're going to start it. It's, it's, it's my grave, and now I have to lie in it. That's right. Um, okay, so we begin by... We, we meet... Uh, I guess one of the lead characters. It's kind of hard to pick a lead character in this movie, but the yeah. first the first major character that we meet is Renfield, and he is he's on his way. He's in the he's in a carriage with a couple of other characters who don't matter. Yeah, this uh, is pre are, before going cuckoo bananas. Renfield. Yeah, this is actually if people familiar with the Dracula story, Renfield in this version is a lot like Jonathan Harker in most of the other uh, versions. the other versions yeah because uh, he's sort of the the entry point to the story he's he's traveling to meet count dracula and he's he's in uh he's in a carriage with some other people he's in the wackiest carriage in all of transylvania <laughs> it's, it's bouncing around and uh, uh carl lemley's niece has a big part in it where she gets to say the first lines of dialogue even though mm-hmm. That there's no reason for that other than nepotism, but it's a yeah. nice little bit of film trivia. Uh, and and they, well, that they, fills. They, a, wow, now it, that changes the entire film experience for me. Really? I didn't know that, that the niece was in it. I yeah, gotta go rewatch it. Here, absolutely. you do the thing, and I'm gonna go rewatch it right now. Well, you only need to watch the first thirty seconds because she's history after that. But oh, okay, uh, she's, she's never in anything else again. No, she... she's she's the lady. She's the the lady with glasses reading the brochure in the, in yeah. the carriage. Who I was thinking ex- that maybe she says the first line of dialogue in all of the movies that Universal produces oh. over the next sixty years. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> gotta put my niece in there. <laughs> she's a heck of an actress. She's an ingenue. Uh, but yeah, so the the carriage arrives at an inn in the the countryside in Transylvania. It arrives in a different century in yes. Transylvania where there's peasants sweeping and there's a baby in the middle of the kitchen and everyone yeah. inexplicably speaks English it's the it's the first it's the first taste we get of of the the trope in universal horror movies of having a very uncertain time period in which mm-hmm. the movie is set where like and Dracula's not as bad as a lot of the other ones are because once once it no. moves to London it's explicitly a modern setting but yeah, but yeah. you know a lot of the universal monster movies it's like is this the past is this where the... are we <laughs> yeah um so they they arrive at the inn and mm-hmm. uh redfield is like oh hey driver don't don't take my bags down because i'm going ahead to borgo pass tonight and everybody's and the entire like, village shits their pants <laughs> they're like what and then burgermeister meister burger comes out and he's like you can't go to borgo pass are you fucking and nuts and renfield's like oh no my dear man i can't go i'm going i'm here i go i'm getting in the carriage <laughs> and, and then he makes it even worse because he tells him where he's going He's like, oh, oh yeah. but I, I've arranged for another carriage to meet me, <laughs> to take right. me to Castle Dracula. And they're like, you're going to like, Castle Holy Dracula? <laughs> and this is the problem that I have with villagers, because no one explicitly says, don't go to Castle Dracula. There is a vampire dude in there that will suck up your blood. None of them say that. They just freak out. And someone hands no. him a little crucifix. 
Yeah. So, which does nothing to dissuade him from the fact that they're just superstitious people who are overreacting. Yeah, he's like, thank you very much, smelly peasant people. They should have just, one of them should have just pulled him aside and said, look, I know you don't understand our ways. You might not share our beliefs about certain things. Let me just put this in terms you'll understand. If Mm -hmm. you go to the castle, you're going to die. You're going to be murdered. So just don't go. Okay? Yeah. But nobody does that. No one does it. They just cross themselves and... Having a hey, we did out. what we could. <laughs> and he gets to Borgo Pass, and he gets picked up by uh, another carriage. Well, no, remember before before that we get the inexplicable cut to Castle Dracula. Oh my god, we... yeah, because we want to see all of our cards up front. Yeah, we get a cut to Castle Dracula, and then oh, there's Dracula. He's getting up out that, of his coffin. Then we see Dracula get out of his coffin. Then it dissolves to Dracula dressed up as the coach driver. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no mystery to anything. Nope. And, and here's something you guys need to prepare yourselves for if you're going to watch this movie. Count Dracula has one speed. Slow. That's it. This whole movie, one speed. Super slow, because I guess slow equals creepy. He opens his coffin slowly. He walks uh, he walks so slowly. All of them do. Even his brides. Oh, yeah, he has three brides because yeah. he's, I guess, a Mormon. And he's just walking <laughs> super slow everywhere. And he gets dressed up like a coachman, I guess. And he's like, well, I, I hate the, co- the coachman, so I guess I got to do this job now. Time to go pick up Renfield. I was just so hungry. Uh, <laughs> I love that that's the reason. <laughs> he actually hired a coach driver, but then he was like, man, when's Renfield getting here? <laughs> he and actually what, hired four like hours seven, and now no one shows up for the posting in the Transylvania Gazette. Needed coachman. <laughs> <laughs> Inquire at Spooky Castle at Top of Mountain. Yeah, and Renfield, despite there's a spooky guy who doesn't talk driving the coach, and the horses are spooky, and the atmosphere is spooky... He, and he's like, point, oh, hello, driver, I'll get into your carriage now. Pip, pip, hi ho And then Dracula, just, I guess, to rub Renfield's nose in it, actually turns into a bat. He turns into As a he's bat. driving the coach, and Renfield is still like, well, that's peculiar. Now, like, he don't doesn't get your jump hopes out of the carriage. if you think you're going to see Dracula turn into anything. You're not actually going to see him turn into anything. He's Renfield's gonna stick his head out of the window and go, Oh, I see, driver, when is when is lunch? And when he's looking out he doesn't say that. But he he looks up ahead it's of him midnight, and there's a bat flying ahead of the the horses, leading the horses up to Dracula Castle or Castle Dracula. <laughs> and it must be said, doing as fine a job as any bat could oh, yeah. possibly do to drive a coach. That's I mean, right. It, it's not the ideal form to take when you're driving a coach. <laughs> So he gets to Castle Blah, and he the doors open on their own, and he's still not thinking anything of it. Hmm. And he's in this gigantic, run-down, cobweb-strewn, garbage castle, and out steps the, the pimpinest dude in all of Transylvania in a spotless tuxedo and a cape and a candelabra, and... It, that's that's Count Dracula, and Renfield's like, oh, ha, ha, I thought I was in the wrong place because it's obvious that this hasn't been touched in years. And oh well, I don't care. You, you look nice, don't you? Are you going to speak? Hello, <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> He's like, welcome to 
Castle Track. <laughs> yeah. yep. Like, really? I'm exaggerating only a little bit. <laughs> yes, only his famous. <laughs> his famous line of uh, the children of the night. What beautiful music they make is the children of the night. Pause for effect. <laughs> what beautiful music they make. <laughs> There's also a really peculiar effect uh, that I notice pretty much every time I watch the movie when the, the way Dracula's lines are written, his, yeah. he, he, he seems like he's just straight up ignoring Renfield. <laughs> because Renfield is like, is. Renfield's like, wow, this place looks kind of run down. I was worried for a second. I was in the wrong place. And Dracula just goes on and says whatever he was going to say, makes no acknowledgement of anything. Renfield, he's like, I welcome you to my house. Mm-hmm. Like, and then he walks through spider webs without breaking them. And Renfield yep. is still like, oh, well, that's a neat trick. And he has to swipe <laughs> at him with his umbrella to get through him. While Dracula watches like a punk. Like, let's, yeah. let's see him deal with this. I want to see how he gets through the web. Maybe he'll figure it out and run away. <laughs> nope. The okay. idiot's still behind me. Strike three. <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> killing him now. So Dracula takes him to a room, to his room, and it's nice, he's got a fire in the fireplace, and he's got, you know, Dracula really must have a huge candle budget, because there's tons of candles all over the place, and Renfield's like, oh, this is so much better, yay! Okay, let's get down to business, and what's the business, Steve? Dracula wants to rent a house in England. He's buying that lease. Yes, 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 yes. He's throwing and, mad coin at property <laughs> in England. And he apparently doesn't care what the price is. He's just like, nope. yo, we'll, we'll settle it later, whatever. So it, it's really like, well, then why did Renfield have to come all the way out here? <laughs> well, there was no telephone or mail or anything. To, I mean, he, Dracula, he's like, Who hello. Who in Transylvania is going to deliver mail to Castle Dracula? Well, he had to contact Renfield at, some way he could, hello, my name is Count Dracula. I want to lease the Carfax Abbey. And Renfield's like, oh, okay, here you go. You know, I'm like, well, I'm not, there's no way I'm taking a Wait carriage a all the way out How there. did he, how did he get a hold of Renfield in the first place? Yeah, I'm telling you. Bat, bat messenger. He said, carrier bat. Carrier bat. And this is also where we start seeing other animals in Dracula's castle. There are possums. Which are native to uh, only North America, and armadillos, which are native to only North America, but there they are, mainland Europe, Transylvania, for I, I, some reason. I think it's obvious that Dracula had did, done some traveling in his in his past, and he had probably passed through the American Southwest, and you know he just fell in love with armadillos, so he brought Bullshit. some back with him. They said, hey, we need creepy animals for this shot. Here's 15 bucks. Go find some. And he's like, okay. And he's like, what'd you get? Spiders? Snakes? What'd you find? Uh, This is all they had. This is all they had. They had three armadillos and two possums. (laughs) Oh. All right. This is B-real footage. We'll just shoot them scuttling around corners and stuff. I think that they were hoping that they'd trick us into thinking that a possum is a giant rat, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, if those jerks from the Island of Lost Souls hadn't gotten all the animals, you know, Dracula would have had some more. They're filming this at the same time. (laughs) 
<laughs> Actually, I'm pretty Wait, sure they Bella Lugosi is Bella in Lugosi that movie. In that, yeah. <laughs> Bella Lugosi is in that. That doesn't work. Anyway, so uh, he's like, hey, I brought this paper. You sign it. And uh, it's a done deal. Oop, ow. I cut my finger. <laughs> I cut my finger. Yeah. And, and Dracula kind of freaks out. Yeah, just a little bit. He's like, oh, holy crap. <laughs> he's blood. <laughs> I'm going to move extra slow towards him. <laughs> Renfield still doesn't get it. Nope, because he's too busy milking his finger and sucking on it. He's like, oh, don't worry, it's just a scratch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, it's healing right now. Mm. Yeah, it's oh, delicious. it's squirting all over the place. Oh, oh there's dear. Lots of blood. Oh, dear. Oh, Don, my hemophilia is acting up. I may bleed right to death here. <laughs> <laughs> Dracula's like, oh, dude. <laughs> You're killing me. I don't think I can make it through this. So then, um, uh, oh, the crucifix that uh, Renfield was given earlier falls out, and uh, Dracula sees it, and he's like, "No, ow!" Because you know crucifixes. Yeah, and fans then, don't like those. Yeah, and then uh, Dracula's like, "Here, drink, drink some wine." And I did. There's food, and uh, <laughs> bye. Knock yourself out. <laughs> Goodbye. And then he slowly walks out. Ten minutes later, you haven't left yet. I'm going as fast as I can. <laughs> Good night, Dracula. I'll see Good you later. Night. I'm going now. Night. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in this movie is on lithium. Everyone is like so blitzed out of their mind. He finally leaves. <laughs> Redfield's like, that was weird. Yeah. Redfield's like, oh, well, I've got these papers signed. Everything is swell. Oh, and, and don't forget, before he leaves, Dracula tells him that uh, he's chartered a ship to take them to England. Oh, yeah, the Vesta. Yeah, and they're leaving tomorrow morning, which again makes Renfield's trip completely pointless because Dracula's yeah. coming to England the next day anyway. <laughs> he's coming to England anyway. So, uh, then... Uh, there's fog happening, right? Yeah. Fog happens. And, uh, oh, hey, there's a bat outside. Oh, that's weird. And, uh-oh, it's now Count Dracula. Oh, okay. And there's, that's... there's the wives. The wives are there, too. Oh, uh, the wives are here. And Renfield goes, okay, uh, I guess fainting's good. <laughs> <laughs> and he just drops to the floor, and before, uh... Before Dracula's wives can slowly descend upon him, Drac's like, "Get you no way. This is my booty. Go away. Go get your own." And he slowly, inch by inch, descends upon Renfield before we dissolve into stock footage. Yep. Or actually, it was lifted from another... We we cut to the Vesta out, yeah, out at sea. And uh, until I did my research, I was like, oh, wow, they spent some money on this, this ship scene where there's lots of waves and people fighting and trying to, you know, fighting against the storm. And then I found out that they just lifted all of this footage from a silent film <laughs> that was made like two or three years beforehand, <laughs> which then explains why... <laughs> okay, so we're on... We're on the ship, and oh, there's Renfield. He's a little He's different, not dead. though. Just a <laughs> tiny bit different. 
He's now calling Dracula master, and he's like, hey, wake up. Um, there's a whole ship full of people for you to eat. And he's like, oh, goody gumdrops. Wait, give me about 20 minutes to rise from my coffin. <laughs> Go keep them busy. And then they cut to him stepping out of from below decks, I guess. Excuse me. <laughs> That's a little coffin dust. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> and they cut to a scene of him standing in a doorway where there's no wind or rain or water. <laughs> and then they cut back to, you know, waves spilling over the top of the yes. deck and guys running around like crazy. And then they cut back to him and he's like, Ugh. how am I going to catch these guys in all this water? <laughs> Well, we don't get to see that because we then cut to uh, a dock, right? Yeah, the boat is... Is it the headline first or is it the dock first? No, the dock first. The boat sort of lifelessly drifts into the harbor. Yeah, we don't people... see that. <laughs> yeah, people board go, the boat. We go to the magic shadow dock yes. where we don't actually see any people. We just hear people talking about the awful things they see, and we see a shadow of a captain that's lashed to the yeah. the steering wheel, whatever they call it <laughs> on a ship. <laughs> and that is one of the that, that to me was an example of Carl Freund like yeah, breaking going, his I'm... back to save this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really striking shot. Maybe this will hold him. Yeah, and we'll just put in some dialogue over it. Yeah. All we have to do is shoot like this pile of wood. Isn't that great? <laughs> Wreckage. And, yeah. And uh, Drax in town. Drax in London now. And he wastes no time. He's like, oh. Well, I just ate 20 sailors. <laughs> What's one more? Yeah, no, look. A little flower girl. Hello, little flower girl. Hello. Let me eat you right here on the street <laughs> in front of everybody. And he does a thing that he's been doing a lot. He'll do a lot in this movie, and that's he, he puts her in his thrall with his highlights. Yes. Whenever we get whenever we get a close-up of Bela Lugosi, he is usually making one face, and his eyes are... There's a special just on his eyes. Yeah. And that means that he's hypnotizing you. And he hypnotizes this little flower girl and sucks the blood out of her. And then he's like, oh, hmm... Well, I'm feeling better. I know, I'll take in a show. <laughs> exactly. I guess there are still tickets at the box office. And he goes into the opera? The opera. Yeah. Mm. And he hypnotizes uh, an usherette yeah. to tell Dr. Seward that he has a phone call, which apparently isn't true and is just a ploy to get Dr. Seward to leave his box so that yeah. Dracula can meet him. For some reason, I mean, yeah. I, I think there was a newspaper headline that basically said, hey, this ship came in uh, and everyone was dead except for one dude and his name is Renfield and he likes to eat bugs and and spiders and he, boy, he's real crazy. So we put him up at the Seward Sanitarium. Isn't that a neat story, everybody? And, and people in England are like, why do I subscribe to this newspaper? It's a rather specific story, don't you think? Very distasteful man-eating bugs and spiders. Yeah, I don't Ugh. see why they have to put that on the front page. So now uh, Dracula's uh, meeting uh, Mina. Mm -hmm. And Lucy. Uh, her, her idiot fiancé, <laughs> Jonathan. <Yes. laughs> 
and Lucy, who are, we are led to believe are close friends with Mina and Jonathan, which I dispute because of what happens later. But yes, yes. Anyway, Dracula's like, hey, everybody, check me out. I'm so super cool, and I'm from Transylvania. And you I'm know? your new neighbor. <laughs> Why don't you come over? I'll make you an apple brown betty. We'll play canasta. It'll be good times. And... Uh, Mina's like, oh, yes, well, whatever, stinking foreigner. But Lucy's <laughs> like, oh, yes, you're tingling all my dis- discreet lady bits right now. I think you're really something special. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> and Jonathan is like, dude! <laughs> Which is his, his, his Which is what he does for the yeah. entire goddamn movie. <laughs> So we then cut to Lucy and okay. So in this version, Mina is Doctor Seward's daughter. Daughter, yeah. And she lives at the sanitarium with her father. And yeah. I guess Lucy lives there too. Apparently, or maybe I guess because they don't really say, but I think like in some versions of Dracula, they sort of establish that you know Lucy's kind of staying with Mina so maybe yeah, they just kind of throw that in but they don't really something I don't yeah. know like, everybody just lives at the sanitarium anyway we we cut to the their girls talking about the guy they saw and Mina's like meh he's alright and Lucy's like I wanna bone him till next week they don't say that in the movie but that's what's implied I'm gonna Lucy's... be a Mrs. Dracula <laughs> And for whatever reason, they're both combing their hair before they go to bed, and they put on more clothes than I have ever worn in my life before going to bed. Have you noticed that? that the pajamas in these women wear are excessive and ornate. Yes. <laughs> but then Lucy goes to bed, doesn't notice the hovering bat. And by the way, just as a stickler for science, bats can't hover. They can't fly in place. They don't have... They're not built for that. They can fly in one direction... And then they can, you know, kind of stop in midair and fall. That's it. They can't <laughs> hover in They're not air. hummingbirds. They're not bees. Yeah, bats can't hover. And this one can. And this bat is so poorly designed that I don't even think anyone in the movie knew what a bat was. <laughs> <laughs> the prop guy, like five minutes before they were shooting that first scene, was like, hey, what's a bat, by the way? Yeah. So then we uh, come to, there's Dracula all of a sudden in the room. Because we cannot see him transform. That is beyond technology at this point. Um, and then he very slowly, incredibly slowly, very, oh, the, <laughs> oh, the tension. What is he going to do? Well, we don't know because by the time he gets within a foot of Lucy, we dissolve cut. <sighs> we dissolve cut to her being pronounced dead in an operating <laughs> surgical <Yep>. room. <laughs> And Dr. Seward, who has probably known Lucy her whole life, is like, well, we tried several transfusions, but she's dead. <laughs> ah, well. This is all we're going to mention about her death. By the way, we're never going to talk about it again, even when she's walking around <laughs> killing children later. <laughs> it's going to be mentioned offhandedly by a supporting character, as if it's just kind of neat. 
<laughs> and then it's going to be dropped. Yes. We're not going to do anything about it. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, Mina, her friend, isn't going to mention it, nor is anyone going to mourn, nor are we going to bury her. <laughs> nope, it's all going to just be, uh, hey, never mind all that. Thank you for filling your role in this movie by just being a hunk of meat that can push the story forward, Lucy. Yeah, they go straight to a meeting with Dr. Van Helsing. Yeah, because you know what? We didn't need just one person with a European accent talking as slow as fuck. We needed two of them. We needed two people with an accent talking as slowly as possible. And that's when we meet Dr. Van Helsing, who's managed to change the color of a liquid. Which proves that there's vampires. (laughs) I don't know how. He's like, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, I have proven that it's a... (laughs) Yes, it is a... Yeah, what is it? Yes, Professor. Uh, Van? (laughs) Van Johnson? He's not even born yet. No? No, no. (laughs) Wait for it. (laughs) Pyre. And then someone, some other dude goes, and some other dude is his only line, Nosferatu? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the one fact I know. I'm glad it came up. And Seward's like, you're crazy. I know you're an eminent scientist, but those things are like made up. You may as well have said she was killed by a unicorn. And he's like, no, I. (laughs) No, at which which point he should have just thrown that vial of clear liquid in his face. Dude, (laughs) I did the vampire test. Okay. Yeah, it went from uh, red to white. (laughs) What the hell do you people want? I'm king scientist. You're just guy in... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're just a guy. You shut up. That's what you do. Because I know it's a vampire. If you think you can stop me from driving stakes into people, you are mistaken, <laughs> my friend. Yeah, because uh, what they noticed was that she had no blood and she had two holes in her neck. Hmm. And I guess there is some sort of serum test for <laughs> testing for vampires. Yep, vampires. Oh, it's like a, an exterminator. Oh, you got vampires. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, Van Helsing thinks that it's Renfield. Right. Because he's like, oh. Because you know, he's know. crazy and he eats bugs. That's right. That means he's with the cuckoo brains and maybe he <laughs> he, he, did, he snuck out. Because, by the way, Seward, your sanitarium has almost the worst security ever. Every time you say, keep an eye on someone, your one guard goes wandering off and talks to a nurse. <laughs> And apparently they don't have doors. Like, <laughs> by the third time that Renfield is just sort of wandering Renfield's around. Renfield's like, never in his room, yeah, ever. Like, can you just close the door? Can you just lock his door? I, uh, it gets to a point where I keep expecting to see him, like, underneath the couch, just behind <laughs> it in every scene in the the movie. We're jumping ahead, but he's yeah, but like... Yeah. I, if the, if these characters had actual human emotions, like there would have to be a scene where Van Helsing like sort of throws Seward against a wall and says, "Fucking seriously, keep an <laughs> eye on him. What the hell is wrong with you?" So we we cut to the sanitarium, in which we see uh, the guard, the one guard, the one the one orderly that works at the. He's the only one we ever see. The rest are all nurses. 
um, who is obviously a dude from Pasadena who heard someone once do a Cockney <laughs> accent. <laughs> yes. You will you will go up to Dick Van Dyke and apologize to him after you hear this dude's oh, Cockney yeah, accent. Yeah. But he's Mr. And, Comic Relief Man, so is he? Is that what he's supposed to be? His, that 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 is his theoretical role in the film. <laughs> anyway, he's preventing Renfield from eating a bug, and then uh, we cut to Renfield meeting Doctor Van Helsing. Yeah, and Doctor Van Helsing's like, "Hello," and he's and Renfield's like, "I'm insane." <laughs> <laughs> and Van Helsing's like, yeah, look at this thing. And he just whips out Wolfsbane that I guess he carries around in his pocket. Yep. And shows it to Renfield. And Renfield has a freak out. And, and Van Helsing's like, see, there's the proof. I'm totally king scientist. <laughs> Vampires are real. <laughs> and I'm saying this in an insane asylum. <laughs> exactly. I did the blood test. I did the wolf band. What more proof do you need? But for whatever reason, Seward's, I guess, not convinced. And uh, then... Uh, then Dracula shows up, right? Yeah, then Dracula shows up. No, no, no. We cut to a scene in which Mina is sitting on a couch going, I had a dream where I saw fog and red eyes. And uh, the dog, and um, I think someone sucked my blood out. <laughs> and Jonathan's like, "Oh, let's let's think about something happy." Yeah, Stop <laughs> telling me about your stupid dreams. I hate when people tell me about their dreams. And then Van Helsing walks in, going, "Oh no, it's uh, the M- Mina is being sucked on by a vampire." And <laughs> several times throughout this entire movie, Jonathan Harker's reaction is like he's seeing someone licking his girlfriend's neck. Everybody's like, "What? <laughs> no!" Because <laughs> Van Helsing grills Mina, and she admits that. I guess someone... She's hiding a bite mark on her neck. Yeah. And Jonathan's like, Darling, why did you tell me? How dare you? Someone bit your neck. Whoa. <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah. And Van Helsing's like, I'm telling you it's a vampire. <laughs> and Jonathan Harker's like, You're crazy. Go away. We're going okay. to go, go to London. And there, here is a bit of very clever dialogue that I think is lifted from the play. In which Dr. Seward goes, What kind of unnatural beast? <laughs> what kind of unnatural beast could do such a thing to a woman? And the nurse goes, Count Dracula, <laughs> Dr. Seward? Yeah, yeah. And he's there to pay the visit. And there's visit. Count Dracula, looking dapper, all How smiles. Hey, just here to gloat over my work. <laughs> I, I hope I'm not overdressed. <laughs> I only have the one outfit, and I sleep in dirt, and it never is dirty. I don't. It's another one of my spooky vampire powers. And he comes in, and uh, someone gets a cigar out of a cigar case that has a mirror in it. And these three idiots, Seward, <laughs> Jonathan Harker, and Van Helsing, who's already convinced that it's a, dra- uh, a Dracula, <laughs> Dracula, a vampire, spend. T- 20 minutes 
going, looking at <laughs> looking back and Count forth. Dracula, and then looking in the mirror, and then looking back at Dracula, and then looking in the mirror, and then calling the others over. Look in the mirror. Uh, 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 I think the mirror is broken in the cigar case. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get a new mirror, man. Yeah, this mirror don't work right. And so they convinced Mina to go up to her room, and then uh, Van Helsing very cleverly goes, hey, I... I want you to look inside of this cigar case. Why is he turning into that voice? <laughs> He's turning into Goofus the Clown. <laughs> hey, Dracula. <laughs> Come over here. <laughs> and he opens the cigar case and Dracula freaks out and knocks the cigar case out of his hands. And he's like, and, dick, move, Van Helsing. Yeah, I don't like the mirrors. You guys are dicks. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> he walks out onto the porch. Yes. And, and then Harker follows him. And he's Harker like... Harker follows him. Hey, there's a giant wolf running across the yard. <laughs> That's weird no, and completely Jonathan unrelated. Jonathan Harker is so stupid. He goes, I see a big dog on the lawn. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, and then Van Helsing's like, are you sure it's not a wolf? Are you sure that that's if it's a dog and not a wolf? Nah, could be. <laughs> Is there a difference? So, so, uh, what happens? Because a lot of the same thing happens over and yeah. over again. Now that Now that Van Helsing has cunningly told the villain that he's onto him, yeah. Which is, you know, a great bit of strategy. Yeah, I know and you're the a vampire, villain literally the says as he's leaving, you have much knowledge for someone who has only lived one lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> but don't worry, I'll still come back and visit you again. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that's now Van Helsing decides that they have to protect Mina. Mm-hmm. Because she's been bitten... By Dracula, and she's yeah. falling under his spell. Yes. So he he tells the nurse. It's another example of people being given very specific instructions that they then immediately disregard. They can't seem to follow. <laughs> he says, "Keep her doors closed. Keep the wolfbane in her room. Don't let anyone in to see her. Don't let her take the wolfbane off her body. Right. Don't let her go outside." Mm-hmm. And that lasts about None fifteen of it works. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Because no, I know what it is. Because because dumbass Harker comes in, yeah, and 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 she's like, John, it's really stuffy in here. Can I open the windows? And he's like, Sure. And the nurse is like, Well, Doctor Van Helsing said maybe you shouldn't do that. And he says, I don't care. She only needs me. He says, I'm here. It's okay. Oh no, no, John, it's not okay because you're here. That's exactly the opposite yeah. of what it is. So now they're sitting on the patio, and it's very clear that she is gone a little weird. And she's like, I love you, John, but we can't be together anymore. And um, he's like, what, what, huh? You're breaking what? up with me? <laughs> but I'm super great. <laughs> and, you know, uh, she's like, oh, <laughs> this is maybe the worst part of this entire movie is when an obvious bat on strings flies in onto the porch and Jonathan Harker makes a half-hearted attempt to shoo away a bat that is obviously fake. It really descended into, oh, look, a high school production of a, of a play. And, and the and bat not, starts talking. And not only that, right? 
What got me was, yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's a fake bat, but but let's just suspend disbelief for a moment and just say, oh, it's a real bat. They seem completely unconcerned about this bat that is like this the size of a bat. cat. It's this gigantic, <laughs> like, African vampire bat that, you know, no person has ever seen. And it's flying around going... <laughs> and Mina's talking to it! Yes. And she's like, I will... And Jonathan's like, what did you mean? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Hey, lose the crucifix, huh? Yeah, go steal. Here's something that I always ask of people. Go steal the crucifix away from uh, Van Helsing. Oh, because that's right. Because Van Helsing shows that part. up, yeah. No, no, no. Before that, uh, Dracula was about to pounce on Van Helsing. They actually confront each other in the, in oh, the stairwell. Oh, yes, yes, because Dracula and, comes back. Because and for a, a brief second, Dracula moves fast. <laughs> But he learns his lesson. Because, yeah. Because decrepit old Van Helsing is still faster than he is. Yeah, and he's like, check this out. Here's a crucifix. And Dracula goes, ah. ah you too. Shuffles off screen. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't over. So now Dracula's plan is I'll get Mina to take the crucifix away. And uh, Van Helsing is overhearing this entire conversation and doing nothing. <laughs> Until Mina decides, I'm going to chomp down on my boyfriend. Which has some of the funniest dialogue ever, because Jonathan is suddenly like, Oh no, Mina, no, no! (laughs) And then Helsing comes in and whips out the crucifix, and then, of course, dumb old Jonathan gets upset and takes the crucifix away from him! (laughs) And starts yelling at Van Helsing. Stop showing crucifixes to my girlfriend. Can't you see you're upsetting her? What the hell is wrong with you, dude? Uh, uh, and I think it's at about this point that Dr. Seward disappears from the movie altogether. Yes. <laughs> with no explanation. And uh, we did we miss, we miss the scene? There's a scene at some point in all of this where they have another uh, sort of meeting of the minds with Renfield where he gives his famous rats speech. Oh, uh, yeah. Where, he saw a thousand rats yeah. and he's like, hey, do this for me and you'll get a thousand rats. Yeah, I, they're basically like, Renfield, why are you so crazy? And, and Renfield's <laughs> like, oh, Dracula promised Renfield, me. why are you so crazy? <laughs> and Renfield's like, oh, Dracula promised to give me like a well, whole bunch of rats. I'll tell you, <laughs> I went to Transylvania and I met a count. <laughs> And he promised me eternal life, so long as I acted crazy and told him when the sun was up. (laughs) He actually has a line when he's in the ship, going, Master, we're here. I know you can't hear me, but we're here. (laughs) But maybe someone might be watching and they would appreciate a bit of exposition. Maybe they'll tell you that I was talking to you yes. while you were asleep, Master. Because we've abruptly jumped ahead in the story somewhat, <laughs> they might be disoriented. But, I mean, throughout this entire sequence of trying to protect Mina and failing, and trying to protect Mina and failing, and having discussions <laughs> about how to protect Mina, and all of this stuff, Renfield just routinely just shows up yep. during conversations. And it's like, <laughs> what? what does he have a door with a lock on it? He just sort can... of pops in. <laughs> All the time. What are you talking about? Are you not talking, talking about, about Dracula? I, I've never heard of Dracula. Did you talk to Dracula? Did he mention me? <laughs> Did he say anything more about the rats? Because <laughs> I'm still kind of waiting on that one. 
I ordered this bib that has a rad on it from eBay. <laughs> um, so, uh, finally, the last time that Renfield escapes, they said that they had him in a room with bars on him and the bars got twisted off. Right. So, which means that old Dracula, who's super strong, bent the bars away. And the thing is, there have been several occasions where if super, if Dracula is super strong, he could have murdered the crap out of everybody. Yeah. He already killed a, an entire ship full of sailors. And we're talking about an old man scientist, another old man scientist, <laughs> and a, a functionally stupid man yeah, yes. who is Jonathan Harker, who doesn't <laughs> believe in vampires anyway. Who would probably stand there and let you murder him, even if you weren't a super strong vampire, to be honest. And, and what is possibly the dumbest staff in a sanitarium ever. Just people who faint. A woman faints because Renfield goes <laughs> at her. Yep. And she, uh, that is, okay, here's, here's an open-ended thing. At the end of a scene, they all leave and they just leave Renfield in the room. Yep. <laughs> Let's just leave the crazy person <laughs> just standing in the room. I'm sure he'll be fine. And there's a nurse there and he goes, <laughs> and she falls over. <laughs> and then they show him crawling up to her. And they cut away, and that's the whole scene. Yeah. We don't know what he did What's at he that doing? point. What's he doing, yeah? Because he's he not like a vampire at this point. No. Did he put on her clothes? <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> he picked her up and he danced her around like a doll. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, there's the last time, and Renfield gets out and... and Dracula comes up to the house and he's like, Psst, hey, Mina, it's time to go. And she's like, okay, let me put on the most expensive pair of pajamas ever. And she puts on this silk dress that would look great on the red carpet at an Oscar ceremony, but I guess is what she sleeps in. And Dracula's taking her to Carfax Abbey and, and Van Helsing's like, Hey, if we don't <laughs> kill her, he's gonna get her. Mina's be lost forever. <laughs> don't care about his voice anymore. <laughs> and Jonathan's like, mm. and so him and Jonathan race after uh, them Drac. to get to Carfax. Yeah, after Drac, and uh, Renfield's in Carfax Abbey. And he's like, oh, master, yay, uh, nice girlfriend. And uh, Seward and Jonathan look through a window and they can see Dracula there. And they're like, oh, look at that. And Dracula looks over and sees them. And then Renfield's like, no, I didn't leave him there. And Drag's like, I don't believe you at all, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm and sick then he of kills this him. shit. <laughs> done. I'm really, I don't know why I even made you become a thrall to me because you did nothing. <laughs> you just wandered around and was weird. I Why you did en- you come all the way to Transylvania to sign papers? I hope you enjoyed eating bugs because this is over. <laughs> the papers didn't even mean anything. Did did Dracula take the papers himself to the legal no, office? No, yeah. It, none of that meant anything. We know it wasn't Renfield because he was put in an insane asylum the instant he got back to England. It was like every business meeting ever, really. It was information (laughs) that nobody there needed and could just as easily have been handled (laughs) through the mail. 
Okay, so then Dracula kills Renfield. Yep, chucks him down the steps. And uh, uh, then Seward and 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 uh, Van Helsing get inside, and that's when Dracula goes, "Oh, time to beat cheeks!" And he <laughs> picks up he picks up Mina, and he's like booking it through the <laughs> yeah. through the. This is the fastest we've seen him move. He's like running around with her in his arms, <laughs> and they uh, the sun comes up, right? Yeah, and it and Van Helsing's like, yeah, that's good because now with the sun up, we can. He's no, he's got to sleep. <laughs> we can just take our time now. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I think Mina's gone, dude. He's, there's no way. <laughs> She's like a total vampire. We're gonna have to stake them. <laughs> so then they go into the crypty part and they find matching coffins. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And um, he lifts one open and there's Dracula asleep. And he's like, awesome. <laughs> and he opens the other one without looking inside of it. And he's like, okay, this is what I need you to do. You need to go. And find me something to hammer stakes into both of their hearts. <laughs> and Hark is like, okay. <laughs> I'll go find a rock or something. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, uh, Van Helsing has torn apart Drax's coffin lid and broken it into, into, into a stake. And he opens up, finally he opens up the other coffin and looks inside of it this time. And he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's not there. Fucking, <laughs> I, I don't know. You're kind of going into walking now. Where'd she go? <laughs> Where'd she go? I, I don't know. <laughs> Where she is. <laughs> See, now this is a movie that needs to be made. Somebody needs to do walking as Van Helsing before it's too late. Um, so, Jonathan goes running off to try to find Mina... And leaves Van Helsing to have the most anticlimactic victory over Dracula ever filmed. Which yeah. is literally, they show him put the stake nowhere near Dracula's heart, by the way. Yeah. It's like more of around his head. <laughs> and then we hear one thing, and then Dra- you hear Dracula go, off screen. Yeah. That's it. And then John, and as Dracula's dying, we cut to Mina, who's been hanging in an alcove. And she physically gets all goofy and oh uh, she's cured and she's like oh Jonathan and Jonathan's like (laughs) (laughs) and then Van Helsing shows up and he's like "Uh, (laughs) there's a part of the I'm just doing Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) there's a part of the movie that you two did forgot to bring up mainly because it doesn't impact the plot and is, is not in the movie for whatever reason okay here's the part that we missed at some point during all insane asylum hijinks, we cut away to a carriage riding next to down a lane, and we hear a baby crying, and then the carriage stops, and then we cut to Lucy walking through a forest. Oh, that's right, yes. And then we cut to the orderlies reading a newspaper article in which people are reporting a lady in white who is luring children with candy... And then biting them on the neck. And the nurse goes, that's a ghost. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a ghost, Sally's. Ooh. Oh, we're infamous here in England for ghosts that bite people on the neck. 
And the orderly goes, no, it's a vampire. End of scene. End of story plot line. <laughs> end of Lucy in the movie. Because it's never mentioned again. She is a loose thread. Because yep. as near as we can tell, after this movie's over, Lucy's just still <laughs> luring children into the forest with <laughs> candy. <laughs> Because nobody does anything to stop her, or even seems Well, they that didn't even notice that she was dead, <laughs> yeah. other than Seward going, well, she's dead. <laughs> and no one else mentions it afterwards. No one's even upset. They don't even mention her name. Anyway, so Jonathan is like, Durr, and Mina's like, oh, Jonathan. And then Van Helsing comes up and goes, okay, well, she's all right. And uh, you guys go on up, and I'll join you. And they're like, okay. And they climb up the stairs out of Carfax Abbey. And then it's over. <laughs> the end. The fucking end of this fucking movie. <laughs> All right, Steve, since this was your brainchild oh, for know. Halloween, what do you think <laughs> of 1931's classic film, Dracula? Blair. Blair. Um... That's my review too. It's, yeah. Blah. Blah. Um, <laughs> I chose this movie. I, I I wanted to do this for one of our Halloween shows this year because whether you like it or not, this is sort of the we're this, stuck with. We're it. stuck with it exactly. This is the horror movie the that you just kind of have to reckon with, just because it 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 was so influential to films that came after it it uh it its financial success led universal to make a whole franchise of horror movies uh mm -hmm. most of which even some of the lesser ones are better than this one. Oh yeah <laughs> um, i mean in some cases a lot better um and it you know it, it sort of invented that whole uh the whole classic now it's a cliche, but that aesthetic of a horror movie of, you know, the crumbling castle and the windy mm -hmm. mountain roads and the, the mm -hmm. superstitious villagers, like all these tropes of, of classic horror movies are kind of yeah. introduced in this movie. Now, is it a good movie on its own merit? No. No. <laughs> in fact... No. A thousand no. times no. In fact, if you are watching it for the first time... And you've just sort of known it by reputation. You might actually be shocked at how bad it is, because mm -hmm. it's not just—it's not the case where well, it's an old movie and it's just—it feels a little dated and it just hasn't aged well. No, that's not what this is. This is a bad movie, mm -hmm. and and my proof for that is there was another movie made by the same studio in the same genre, released later this same year, called Frankenstein. Yep. That is a fucking amazing movie that that avoids most of the pitfalls of this movie. That when you watch it today, still you know it does still feel a little dated and a little stodgy in places. Oh, but yeah. but it's nowhere near like the the argument that well this is just how they made movies back then and that's why Dracula plays the way it does today. Mm. No, 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 no. There were other people making actually really good films yeah. at that time. Yeah, this this is this is just a really bad movie and. And, I mean, it's weird. Like, we, when we talk about how badly paced it is, you know, you we mm -hmm. and and you mentioned how you know the <laughs> the editors know what they did. They yeah, they they have much to answer. Well, for. I mean, I I I gave a lot of uh, 
crap to the editors, but this movie, when I said at the beginning that, um, what's his name, Todd uh, Browning yeah. kind of was absent for the directing of this film, that is absolutely correct. So when I watched this movie, it looks like a movie that had a lot of problems in production. Yeah. And that there were a number of people trying to save it, which is almost always death to a film. And there are so many bad edits between scenes and bad jumps and oh, scenes that just stop dead. Or the scene is fading out on dialogue and it's transitioning <laughs> to something else. The pacing is weird because it's poorly, the film is poorly paced from top to bottom. But yeah. But it's almost it's poorly paced at two different levels. If you look at <laughs> if you look at the progression of the plot, it's poorly paced in the sense that it jumps forward. It, it lurches forward really haphazardly from scene to scene. There are all these time jumps where it seems like really important events are just completely skipped over and you just hear about yeah. them in the dialogue. We're not joking about Lucy's death. No. It is not remarked upon by any other character other than the scene where she's in the operator's, uh, operator uh, surgical theater where Seward pronounces her dead. Yeah. And then after that point, she's not mentioned again by anyone, by her close friends or anybody. Yeah. It's like she disappeared like a fart <laughs> and no one mentions it. <laughs> no one, yeah, no one, her, her, her death leaves no effect on anybody and the and poor thing even when she's a vampire no one pays any cares. attention to her she's like what do i have to do to get you people's attention i'm murdering I'm... kids for christ's sake <laughs> what do i have to do but so uh, so the 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 plot pace is is too fast and too haphazard but the pacing within scenes has exactly mm -hmm. the opposite problem where the individual scenes just take forever and just yeah. and are just like like you said. Sometimes they appear to even just they just stop. Like nobody's doing anything, mm -hmm. and it's like they just are left to die. Now, one of the things uh, that I will comment in regards to this film is that the uh, the movie does not deserve the sets that it got. Oh yeah, the because sets. the sets are stunning. The sets are amazing, and they sure as hell did, don't deserve. Um, Freund. Yeah. Because any of the stuff that you can pull from this film that is good comes from a couple of scenes with Renfield, not not a whole lot of them, because there's a little bit of Renfield goes a long way, and we get way too much of him in this movie. <laughs> yes. But the 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 scenery, especially uh, Dracula's castle, um, not so much. Car well, I guess Carfax Abbey is is all right. Yeah, the staircase is cool. Um, yeah, when we get into the gothic-y kind of stuff, that stuff is awesome and well done and huge. Yeah. Just huge sets. So big that they couldn't mic them for sound. There's a scene in Dracula's Castle where they literally look sound like they're all the way in another room, because technically they are. Yeah. And you can hear them echoing on the signs of the, uh, sides of the soundstage as they're trying to deliver their dialogue to a boom mic that is 30 feet away. <laughs> um. And, and granted, this was one of the first sound pictures. Sound was still relatively new. Mm -hmm. Todd Browning, who had been very comfortable in silent film, was never truly comfortable in when when sound came to uh, when sound finally did come to movies, um, and he didn't really know how to work with it. There's no soundtrack. No, there's no soundtrack. There's in no this score movie. at all. 
There's a little bit of Swan Lake at the beginning over the not spooky bat that is at the very <laughs> beginning. The, the it is the cutest. It is the adorable cartoon bat at the beginning over the credits. Um, has Swan Lake. That's it. There's no music anywhere in this film. Um, which, if we did it now, would be very avant-garde. Yeah. But back well, then... And, you know, more recently, uh, Philip Glass composed a score for it uh, that you can listen to. You, you can watch it with a new Philip Glass score, like on, on, the, on the, one of the DVD mm-hmm. releases. That is a nice score, but just doesn't fit with the movie at all. Like it's, it's It a, doesn't fit... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't fit with the film, and I'm sorry, but even a nice score won't uplift what's, what's present. No. In the film itself. I mean, we have to recognize the importance of the film because it, it, it basically ushered in this this horror genre. Okay, and everyone owes a debt to Dracula. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good movie. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a good time watching it. If you are someone who's interested in film and, 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 and the history of film, then it's worth a watch. Because then you'll you'll get a better idea of of what's going on. This 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 movie hit like a train when it mm-hmm. came out. Universal was taking a huge risk with this kind of supernatural movie because there were Christian groups all over the place that were ready to jump on this movie and beat it down because they don't like supernatural themed yeah. stuff. Um, and you know, a lot of, uh, there were a few other horror movies that had come out before this in which they explained everything away with, oh, it was all a dream. Yeah, they, they had the, the Scooby-Doo end. ending. Yeah, yeah, they had a Scooby-Doo ending. And this one was like, nope, vampires are real, and here's Dracula, and he's super powerful, and he lives forever, and he drinks blood. Um, that being said, for a pre-code film, it sure doesn't feel like a pre-code film. No. There's... No on-screen violence. Two people never get in a fight. No one gets in a conflict at all. Dracula, the only thing Dracula ever does is he, he strangles Renfield at the very end. And that that happens. A lot of stuff happens off-screen. Yeah. A lot of stuff happens off-screen. In fact, off-screen. even Dracula getting out of his coffin usually happens off-screen. And, and you, yeah. Because you see the lid open, and then the camera mm-hmm. pans to the side. And then pans back, and he's out of the. Oh, they want to give him his. They want to give him his privacy. Yeah. There is no dignified way to get out of this call. Oh, don't look at me this early in the look morning, away. because uh, okay, you can look. And he turns back. I'm just not myself without my first cup of coffee. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's moving so yeah, slow. Yeah, get him some. Well, we need to get the motherfucker some coffee because mm-hmm. he's dragging me and down. And there are too. things. There are things you can appreciate. You can appreciate why some women swooned at Lugosi. Because uh, he, he's he's pimping it, man oh, yeah. alive. Um, but as far as an entertaining film, if you want to entertain some people, this movie isn't even f- good to laugh at. It's not one of those films that you can easily. Oh, I mean, we just did it, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> but there's so much dead space. Oh, there's, you know, it, like that's the thing. If I were going, because I've 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 occasionally done like riff tracks or mystery science theater uh-huh. type videos for my YouTube channel, where and one of the hardest things is to fill those. If there's a long dead space in a movie, you have to fill that with funny material. And there are so yeah. many dead spaces in Dracula. It's like, how would you? Uh, how could you possibly yeah. fill this much dead air? There's just not that much to talk about. No, there isn't, and there is a lot of it. I mean. 
we watch him take every slow, methodical step out of the crypt in that first scene, and I'm and I guess in the nineteen thirties that was terrifying, but now you're just watching a dude walk up some stairs and doing it as slowly as humanly possible. And it doesn't make for an, it doesn't make for an engaging time. Um now if you were watching this for film history class, then yeah, okay. I guess there's stuff here to mine, but um, if someone came up to me and said, hey, I want to watch a scary movie, what should I watch? Dracula would not even be close to the list. No, no. It would not. If someone came up to me and said, I want to know more about the early days of sound film, then I would say, yeah, look at Dracula, because I think it's a great example of the difficulty that people had transitioning to sound. Yeah. Um, Performances are kind of... Some of the performances really did seem like they were still stuck in when their performance had to carry without dialogue, without, you know, without sound. Um, you know, kind of a little exaggerated, a lot of dead air, a lot of dead air. It's, it was almost as if they were like, wait, we, we write dialogue and you record it and people can hear it now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I almost wonder, because um, th- this movie was released so early into the talkie era that uh, there were actually silent prints of this movie made because not every theater, you know, had been converted to sound yet. So there there were actually mm. silent versions of this version of Dracula that were that sent out to sense. theaters. And I've never seen one, but I almost wonder if, if it would be better as just no. a silent movie. I <laughs> know, uh, probably not, but... But uh, you can wish all you want, Steve. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> I just want it to be good. I know you want it to be yeah. good, but it's not. No, it's you know not. me. I'm old man Jason. I like old things that are in black and white, and I don't like this old black and white thing that you made me it's watch. It's not. It's not a good movie uh, at all. It, it fails on its own merit, like at virtually every level, except for set design and you know production yeah. design. Um, I yeah. mean, even even though Carl Freund, I feel like, was really trying to do the best he could with this. And, you mm-hmm. know, you, like you said, I mean, most of the, in terms of, like, the style of it that you can identify that are good, it's probably Freund. He did try to put yeah. some camera movement in there as much as possible. But most yeah. of the camera movement is in scenes that aren't really important. I mean, it's like a cool push into the coffin or a cool mm-hmm. draw, a pullback or a camera movement. But it it, it never really is all that meaningful, which sort of blunts its impact, you know? Yeah. But, um, but it's an, it's a fascinating movie and it's, it's, there are so many little bits of trivia about it. Like, like the Spanish version, there mm-hmm. was a Spanish version of this movie produced at the exact same time on the exact same sets with a completely yeah. different cast and crew in Spanish language to be released mm-hmm. in Mexico and Latin America. And it's, it's actually a way better movie. It's a way better movie. Um, Very recently, uh, they re-released, they just did a special showing over here at the local theaters that showed both versions of Dracula and the Spanish version um, at the same time. So if you wanted to go into the theater and actually see it, you could go do that. So uh, final verdict, recommend or not recommend, Steve? Oh, recommend for history. If you haven't seen it, see it once. But I mean... Look, old man, I go to be entertained. Do I go see this movie to be entertained? I don't care about history. <laughs> if you don't care about history, then you don't have to see it. <laughs> awesome. I kind of agree. Unless you're a cinephile um, and you really, you really want to have a encyclopedic knowledge of film, <laughs> and all you want to do is is have fun or get scared, 
um, this movie isn't going to do it. Mm. This movie is not going to do it. You will, I will honestly admit, I had this. I had to sit down three times to watch this because I kept falling asleep. And it's not because I was so familiar with it. There was a lot about this film that when I finally did watch it all the way through and stayed awake, there was a lot about this film that I remembered, and none of it was good. <laughs> there was none of it was positive things. It wasn't like, oh wow, this is a gem that I forgot about. I was like, oh wow, now I remember why I barely remembered the film. <laughs> and 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 I think we went over all of them. And when you so, when you say you had to sit down three times to watch it, keep in mind this movie is like an hour and fifteen minutes long. Yeah, this movie isn't long, <laughs> but boy does it seem like it takes forever. <laughs> I'm fairly convinced that if you sped up to normal speed, all of the Bela Lugosi walking around slow and doing his dialogue to normal speech speed, this movie would be 45 minutes long. Yeah. So um, if you want to ignore us, hey, go see it anyway. Be prepared. <laughs> and now that we've driven a stake into Dracula. Nice. What would you like to recommend? And it better not be something not scary like last time Steve it's 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 actually really scary I okay, think good. and not only is it really scary it's also a sentimental choice um I'm going to recommend not the original Nosferatu which is the classic silent film from 1922 which again 1922 yeah. made nine years before the movie we just reviewed and a million times well, better I, I like to call it German creepy fingers yes. <laughs> a million times better in every conceivable way just a brilliant film um, I'm reckon- and also the movie that got sued by uh, yeah. the Stoker estate yeah they kind of didn't ask for permission to use the story which... you know that they said they wanted every single one every single copy of Nosferatu burned yeah we, the, it almost became a lost film. Yeah, and which it's one, and now it's considered one of the great films of all time, and maybe the best oh, yeah. example. Maybe for a reason. Yeah, maybe the best single example of German expressionism. Uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I'm recommending actually the remake of Nosferatu that was directed and it was made in mm. ni- made in 1979, which was like the year of Dracula, because that's also when that Frank Langella version came out. So. Uh, yeah. The remake of Nosferatu, directed by one of my favorite filmmakers, Werner Herzog. Uh, do the voice. Do it. Do the voice. You want me to do the voice of Werner Herzog? <laughs> the universe is an island of murder and indifference to human suffering. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, Werner Herzog should just read, like, everything. He's got, like, the best voice ever. Um yeah, so Werner Herzog directed, Good night, uh, starring uh, Good Klaus night, Kinski bed. as the vampire, <laughs> and uh, Bruno Ganz as Harker, and, uh, oh, I can't think of her name now, the uh, the actress who plays uh, Lucy, which is basically Mina in, mm-hmm. in, in this version. Um, yeah. Oh, that drives me crazy. I'm going to have to look that up. I, I, I have to have her, I, I have to have her name right. Oh, I, I, f- I feel like such an asshole for not remembering it. Way to go, I jerk. Know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it, disappointed me, disappointed uh, the audience. Isabella Johnny. You disappointed the ghost of Klaus Kinski, <laughs> who is raging at you uh, right now from the afterlife. How dare you not remember the name of my leading lady? I will murder you! I will murder you from the underworld! Uh, yeah, Isabella Johnny as the as <laughs> where the all lead. the demons are crowded into one corner ever since he arrived. Yes. What is with him? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean Kinski 
Kinski was always amazing and he was amazing as the vampire. And the reason why this is a sentimental choice is it's one of my wife and I's favorite movies. And when we got married... Uh, almost five years ago on Halloween. It was a Nosferatu-themed uh, wedding. It wasn't a Nosferatu-themed wedding, but the music that we had at our wedding was actually taken from the soundtrack of this version of Nosferatu. Uh, so it, and in deference to our friendship, I ain't saying a word. <laughs> Not a word. Um, but yeah, it's... I, rec- I there. But you know what? Any fucking yeah. Dracula movie other than this one. Hey, wait a minute. I haven't even been able to recommend anything yet. Now you've just recommended everything. <laughs> well, I'm going to more detail about something. Else. But yeah, I'm, my recommendation is 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 uh, the 1979 Nosferatu. Okay, great. I'm going to recommend every movie ever made ever. How's that? <laughs> God damn it. Except Dracula. <laughs> Any other movie. Um, actually, I am going to, I'm not going to uh, select a specific film. I'm going to select um, a series of Dracula films from a specific um, uh, movie production company, and that is any Dracula film made by Hammer Films that stars Christopher Lee. Uh, I know a lot of everyone picks their favorite Dracula if they if they like the character, and some people like the Gary Oldman. Uh, Dracula from the Francis Ford Coppola. Some people like the Frank Langella. Some people, you know, some people have favorite, you know, specific vampires like Lestat or whatever. But for my money, the only Dracula that I felt struck a good balance between a monster that's pretending to be a human being in order to eat people (laughs) and actually being scary is Christopher Lee's Dracula. And I know Lee hated playing him. I know but towards the end, he was like, I'll only do it if I have no dialogue and I'm only in the movie for five minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, get just get the suit on. We'll film whatever we can <laughs> while you're doing it. I know he didn't like it. I know that that's what he was known for for a long time. But uh, for me... Any and and they all vary in quality and they all vary in what in the hell is going on or I didn't realize ice water could kill Dracula. Um, That's one of my favorite ones, actually. Yeah, I know. Um, but if you can if you can find one, especially one with Peter Cushing, oh yeah, um, go find one of the Hammer films. All you have to do is type in Hammer film Dracula and you'll find one on the internet. And I'm going to I'm going to endorse that they are red with blood just the worst blood i mean just the they were they were shocking you with everything and boobs oh my god (laughs) boobs everywhere it's they're british they don't care blood and boobs (laughs) and yet they still seem so refined and that's the other thing is they seem so refined this isn't a trashy film is it no no not at all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's it you wasted an hour while we thrashed a bunch of dead people who made a movie a long time ago Ooh, maybe their ghosts will come back and haunt us or maybe not all I know is thank god Halloween's over for our next review <laughs> remember if there's a movie that you think we should review just remember it needs to be at least 10 years old and considered noteworthy or a classic or something that people reference all the time. 
and go to the uh, Let Me Listen podcast uh, website, go to the contact page, and go ahead and send us uh, send us your recommendations. I've been getting a lot of recommendations lately that I really like, and I've been adding them to the list, which will guarantee you that Steve and I will be doing this forever until we're old and we're just mumbling into a microphone. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All the rest of you have moved on to the holograms that are projected directly into your brains, and me and Steve will be talking about this weird thing that you went to a movie theater to go watch. There's our horror movie right there. It's just me and you, old gums flapping. <laughs> talking about how how everything changed after the Episode 7 riots. Oh, yes. When society finally crumbled. <laughs> It did not meet our expectations. Before President Clinton banned movies forever. <laughs> anyway, thanks for uh, checking in with us again. And uh, until next time, go see a movie this week. <laughs> hey, Jason. What? For one who has not lived even a single lifetime, you are a wise man. Just wanted to tell you that. What do you mean by that? <laughs> do you have you met many people who've lived more than one lifetime, Steve? I'm just God. Learn to take a compliment. No, you're implying that you've lived more than one lifetime. I'm staking you right now. Oh shit! <laughs> I know that mirror was a dead giveaway. Ah, uh, yeah, that was a big. That was a tactical error. <laughs> <laughs> Everything he did was a tactical error. They, he should have just murdered all of them when he. When they just when he realized that he knew the jig was up, when they knew he knew, and he just stood there and he went, "Well, bye." Yeah. I just realized that everyone in the movie was an yeah. idiot. I'm gonna go back to my house where you all know where I live, and just kind of wait there. <laughs> was there a time in England where they just took all the morons and put them in one part of London, yes. and that's what was populated there? They all lived at Seward Sanitarium. <laughs> that sounds like a sitcom from the eighties. We all live in Seward Sanitarium. With George Clooney as Renfield. <laughs> One of his many roles. George here. Went as Dr. Seward. George Went. Hey, Dr. Seward, what's going on? Crazy as usual. Laugh track. He would, wa- he would walk in and every- all the other characters would look up and go, Dr. Seward! Exactly. <laughs> I was trying to make a cheers joke. <sighs> Can we be done now? Yeah, we're done. Yay! Late Seating is a Lemmy Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Lemmy Listen podcasts at our website at www.lemmylistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Lemmy Listen. Please like and leave a review. And thanks for listening.